and welcome to the Irish Film London podcast season two. I'm your host, Neve Brannigan, and today I'm going to be joined by the wonderful people who were behind the making of Irish language film Binion. The director, Damien McCann, joins me with actors Peter Coonan, Breed Brennan, Sean T. O'Malley and Claire Monley. Enjoy! If you're part of the regular Irish Film London audience or want to get more from your experience, consider joining our growing family of members for a range of exciting benefits. Irish Film London is a non-for-profit organisation. Our mission is to promote the best new Irish film to audiences all over the UK and with the help of this podcast, the world. If you become a festival friend or a festival champion, you get perks like discounted tickets for films and events, free access to Irish Film from Home films, and invites to networking events, and so much more. So check it out now. Alrighty, hello and welcome to the director and cast of Dunyan. Many thanks for coming on to chat to me today. I'm delighted to have so many of you, which is quite quite rare so it's uh, such a treat um, I also do just want to say first and foremost that there might be a few spoilers in the chat because sometimes you can talk about a film and kind of get through it without spoiling anything but I think this is just too good not to talk about and then the last thing I do want to say before we get uh, um, stuck in is uh, I've got basic basic Irish here I'm like it's Mahlium Cockamillish kind of vibe so I'm going to pretend like I know anything like that in that regard um, but what I do know is that uh, it's a really, really great film. So I'm delighted to have you all on to chat with, uh, chat about it today. So, Damien, I'd love to start with you. Um, OK, so bring me right back to the start and uh, kind of the birth of the film and how you first came across the script. So uh, before the script was there, I mean, I've been directing documentaries for about 14 years now, mostly in the Irish language. Um, but I'd always have you, a view towards making um you know, feature drama, shorts, things like that. So I sort of started the process of putting a band together of, uh, you know, like-minded people who wanted to, to do, you know, similar stuff as I had. And as part of that, a friend of mine put me in contact with the writer, Ashlyn Clark, and it suggested that we would share common interests. And myself and Ashlyn got together and began discussing what we liked, what type of films we liked, uh, and then began the process of discussing where the Irish language would feel natural in a story. Um, and one of the things that came up kind of were recurring that we both were interested in was the idea of island and island life and island culture and, and things like that. So I had a few island stories. Um, and we discussed them with Ashlyn, and I suppose they, they kind of made up the genesis of the film. Um, one of which, uh, which I'm probably telling wrong, I've told it a few times, and I, I always imagine that I'm adding to it every time, and probably not even true anymore. But well, you never let the truth get in the way of a good story, <laughs> exactly. though. But it was about a guy who uh, is from Belfast who uh, built, I, I just heard this story secondhand, he'd, he'd built a, a holiday home on Tory Island. And he was staying in the house for a few weeks and was called back to the mainland to do a bit of work. And when he returned to Tory Island, the house was gone. Uh, and not only that, but all signs that there was ever a house, you know, was completely vanished. So he went to the next door neighbour and he knocked on the door and he says, here, where did, where did my house go? And the neighbour says, I never saw a house. You know, so it was stories like that that myself and Ashlyn began chatting about that kind of made up the genesis of, of what became the story of Dinyan. Amazing. And what was the, um, how long was the, the process from kind of script to screen? Because sometimes these things can take years and other times it's just kind of 
head down yeah. and, and straight in. Myself and Ashlyn had met long before there was notion, you know, at that stage, I didn't even know if there would be money, if there would be a fund. I, you know, I think maybe Cindy Cahar had just started going at that point. PG Cahar's have this um, uh, drama scheme, which this wasn't part of, but, you know, the kind of notion of Irish language drama was just begin, beginning. So, I, you know, I was starting the conversation. So we were maybe talking for about a year before a scheme uh, called Gallon started through Northern Ireland Screen. And uh, then we, you know, as part of that process, it was maybe another year. So it could have been about two and a half years between the moment we first sat down over a cup of coffee to the time that we were rolling on the very first day. Right. Okay. Okay. And I'd love to ask all of you, um, I guess, kind of your relationship with the Irish language, because it can be so different for so many people, like either non-existent or like that really kind of prevalent in your childhood years, going to um, all Irish schools, and then it kind of slips away from you naturally without, you know, when you're not using it. So I guess I'd love to start with Breed. What, what's kind of, what has been your journey with the, with the Irish language, I guess? Um, well, Neve, I'm in the same corner as you. I have very little Irish. I was taught Irish at uh, Irish at primary school, and for a couple of years at um, secondary school. But it had all but vanished. I could say thank you and hello, but that was about it. Um, but this came as a completely out of the blue to me. This film, and um, when Damien spoke to me, I was actually traveling in, in Spain in 2020, and I had actually got a notion about that year doing a lot of traveling and just, you know, taking it easy. When Damien spoke to me, I was in Spain, and I thought he'd possibly got me mixed up with somebody else, with um, Bridget Northen. I thought he was, he's a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, um, because I'm not known for my Irish. <laughs> and um, so I was... Delighted because then when I read the script, I just thought, well, this is just classic. And I um, felt I had to do it, although it was a daunting task because I was going to have to just learn in Irish and not really know what I was saying. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so that was quite an experiment in acting as well, because it was almost like automatic acting in some sense, because I was much more concerned with getting the language right. And of course, I from it I just love the language now I, I had I sort of struggled against it and um, when I was at school French was the language I spoke and loved and imagined myself even years ago doing <laughs> films in France in, in French it was never going to happen but lo and behold I'm doing a I've done a film in Irish and never say never <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> And Sean, what about you? You um, Irish is quite a, a strong um, per person in your life, Irish language, I guess. Yeah, I've I've been um, very lucky to get to work quite a lot. Ask um, like my I suppose my relationship to the Irish language going back is uh, it's not my first language. I do have some friends who I've met through Irish language projects who have Irish as their first language, and I think that's amazing that there are still people. Uh, in this country whose first spoken language is Irish and then they would have learned English at school after having spoken Irish for the first four or five years of their life. Um, and there are still, there actually are still families who are raising their kids through Irish, but I think it's a huge challenge to do that because there's so much English in the world around them. But anyway, I, like I would have learned a bit of Irish at school. I'm originally from Donegal. We moved to Galway when I was about eight or nine, or nine or 10. Um, and I spent maybe four years in an all Irish primary school from like second class to sixth class um, and then went to a non-Irish uh, secondary school. So when I got to Leaving Cert, my Irish was kind of good enough, but 
it wouldn't have been maybe I probably wasn't as good at 17 as it had been when I was 12 and I had just left the primary school just kind of out of lack of use and then early enough in my acting career I got a chance to work in Rustin Roon and just being able to use a language frequently um, was a blessing and it was some it kind of it helped me kind of like breathe helped me fall in love with it as I suppose as a teenager you know, I would have spoken a bit of Irish to my dad if he spoke to me in Irish, but I would have been kind of quite quite resistant in the way that you are as a teenager to kind of anything that, that it comes at you from a parent. You're a bit like, no, I don't want to do that, even if you do. Um, uh, but yeah, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of projects. Ask a previous project actually with Peter when I first met him, but five or six years ago, which was great crack. Um, and I think TJ Cahar have done a wonderful thing for the Irish language by sort of modernizing its image and all the work they do with their documentary work to kind of preserve native speakers who might have you know passed away in the last 10 or 20 years a lot of them have been included in documentaries or in drama series like i think of like films like crane killer which was made in 2006 i think it was and like a lot of the characters in that film would have been in their 60s or 70s uh, and the actors a number of the actors have passed away since so it's amazing to have that richness of the language because that that film was based on a book that was written I think in the 50s um, and the richness of the language in the book is so unique that it was great to have those actors who would have have Irish, had Irish as their first language to be able to sort of preserve it forever in film form um, but yeah like I think the great the work that Cahar is doing is great the the fact that there's a fund in Northern Ireland for Irish language projects as well is fantastic and it's so great to see all the feature films now being made and doing so well. And I think, like, I hope that the sort of resistance that exists in Irish society to the Irish language is loosening somewhat and people can see those feature films like Ancalin Kuhn or Aracht or Roche um, Frank, which is a kind of more, uh, recent one that's coming out, um, just to see them as films that happen to be in Irish and not to sort of see that as a kind of a challenge because we're so used to watching things with subtitles now. Absolutely agreed for sure and Peter Sean was saying there obviously you guys have worked uh, together um, in Irish language pieces before and has it always been a thing in your life growing up or did you kind of have to rework at it or? Uh, no I, I went to all Irish primary school and secondary school uh, and I did a year in, in Ring in Ryan Gunnach when I was 12 as well so I had pretty good Irish throughout my life and then when I finished uh, Closed Down, I went to UCD, I, I did study Irish and I had kind of, I hadn't used it, I used various parts in drama cycle, did a version of translations, but I, the director did the Irish parts in Irish and the English parts in English. At the time, I didn't really agree with it. And at Friels, the state wouldn't allow us bring it bring it to festivals uh, within the the university drama circuit because obviously they either did the full version of Irish full version of English anyway I digress <laughs> so I didn't do that much then until actually I did um uh uh Arya Mahamu with with Sean so at that stage um I I kind of had to go back yeah I had to go back and listen to Radio on the Gwaeltox and talk to my dad again on Gwaeltox which we do often but hadn't done for a while so it was kind of a, a bit of a um a relearning of it at times um, and now certainly with when Dinian came along as well it was it, I kind of have to put a bit more work in and because this script was so good and the translation was was superb and the, it, we've said it before about like the idea of improvisation in various other films this was a film that the script was so 
well put together and the characters were so well drawn out that you had to kind of um, make the language as natural as possible for yourself. So that that took a bit of work. So it's still, I still adore the language. I, I'm not, like Sean says, I wouldn't be anywhere near as fluent as I was when I was younger, but it's still something that, you know, at the moment it, 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 there's an immense amount of pride around uh, the films that they're making. As Sean said about T.G. Carr, uh, mm. with, you know, taking away their drama series for television and then being bold enough to make, what, two films a year, Ask Welge. And some of them have done so well. And I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before we get shortlisted for a uh, foreign language feature in the Oscars. Mm. Um, and I think that's the idea. And why not have those goals, you know? And I think um, the films that are being made, as I said before, are very much independent in, in, their, in the way they're put together and also in the way that they're, they're, they're shot. Um, so I think it's uh, there's a great... Um, revolution happening with the Irish language absolutely and I think um as you said I think it's actually it's quite rare to be able to come across someone who is like really really confident fluent because like that like as we said it's just it just hasn't been used um or I think just appreciated uh in so long and now it's kind of feels like it's really really coming back which is brilliant and Claire what about you or, or it was Irish kind of in your life growing up as well the Irish language um, not when I was young, I didn't go to a Wales school or anything like that. Um, I just had this particularly um, brilliant teacher for Leaving Cert, um, just by pure chance. Um, and she just made, just the way she spoke the language and the way she taught the language was just different to any, anyone I'd come across before. And she, she made me good at it. Um, so that when it came to going to college and I was 16 filling out my CEO, CAO and I, I didn't really um what know what I wanted to do well actually I wanted to go to drama school but my parents wouldn't let me so I was like I have to go and get a degree when I get a degree in I want to go to Trinity because Trinity's in town and town's cool so I'll do Irish and sociology like there was no other real thinking behind it apart from that but I loved the Irish department and I loved studying the language and and just the community that was around it as well I felt really at home there because I mean Trinity's a place where you can feel it maybe a little bit out of place if you're not Minted? <laughs> How else can I say this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really found like an incredible community among the Irish speakers in the college and um, and the Irish department was really small and felt kind of like a family. Like in, in the sociology department, if you were missing, nobody noticed. But if, if the Irish department, if you were missing, like someone was ringing you to see if you were okay, um, even if you were just in the pub. Or yeah. But um, so that's where my Irish came from was, was studying in college. And, and like, and I have to say, like, always, always, and this is no exception, always being surrounded by people who are much better at it than me and who, you know, who I can learn from. It was the case in college and it, it was the case here as well. Um, and just to, just to reiterate everything that the lads were saying, that the the fact that the quality of filmmaking Oscar now is, is so high, it's just that beautiful thing like the way you can go and watch a film and it doesn't matter that the film is in Irish. And I think like audiences have proven in the last few years, there's an appetite there for, uh, you know, I think there was a, re a real reticence before, like there was with the Irish language to like subtitled uh, films. Um, but like, you know, we all watch Parasite, we all watch Squid Game. There's no, there's no such block there anymore, I don't think. And maybe it was something that the industry thought was there that never was. But it's proven now that it's uh, that it can be hugely successful once the quality of the filmmaking is as good as ours is. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's really special as well to mention of um, having a really special teacher because they can be quite um, hard to come across, especially in 
um Irish language I think sometimes um yeah. it's 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 struggled to to kind of be taught properly so that's a uh, badass that's nun sis Louisa oh shout out love it <laughs> so and, and I just want to say to... as well Neve, sorry yeah. like um it's funny like I, th- I think a lot of Irish people have different relationships to the language and some people sort of don't really encounter it at all once they yeah. leave school but and like there will be a lot of people who actually maybe who whose life is like that um who don't realize that it is still alive as a language like the fact that the films and stuff are being made now is kind of a reflection of that rather than something that is trying to revive the language I mean obviously we're trying to increase the revival of the language but it is very much alive and like because I just if I think about my own experience with it like now um I probably would have my friend group would be split 50 50 between the people that I would speak Irish with and people I would would speak English with and if I actually if I'm I'm at home in Galway and I walk down the shop street and I meet someone I know it's probably more likely that I would speak to them than in English mm-hmm. so like it's kind of it, it's it, like and I feel really lucky for that I feel kind of sorry for people who don't have it as a living part of their of their everyday lives um but I think that the f- making of these films will hopefully kind of help increase that bubble because it, it is it is a smaller admittedly a smaller subsection of Irish society but it is there very much Absolutely. Alive, alive and kicking. Um, yeah. And Breed, I'd love to ask, like, like you kind of uh, just about touched on it there, but how did you find then your approach to this particular character um, in the sense of, you know, was it different to how you would usually approach any other things aside from the fact that you had this new skill that you had to adapt to? Well, it was completely different. It was, um, it was almost like an experiment. Um, I had enormous help from both Damien and uh, from Orlan Hjarni, who coached me in the scenes, just in the scenes. Um, uh, But, and I had a very strong idea of that woman, of Alicia. I had a strong idea and loved the character, obviously. So that's a a good start if you really, um, you know, really drawn to a character. But I did have to abandon some, you know, some things that I would normally put in place, I suppose, is they, they sort of filtered down to the bottom. And what became foremost for me was just getting the language out, getting it right. Um, and, uh, you know, just it. And, and the thing is, when you you're not used to speaking a language, your jaw doesn't know how to do it, really. I think that's the feeling It just doesn't know how to make the signs in a natural easy way so you're you're learning to so my concentration was all in that and and I worried about acting I had obviously Damien who was you know very attentive and just great and supportive but in some ways in my head after doing it for years I think I just had to let that go and I I remember thinking well I'll see what happens but the Irish was paramount for me was actually trying to get it right and to sound right and um although it was lucky for me that she wasn't a fluent Irish speaker that she had also she was a blow-in and had learned her Irish in that place in that imagined place um so that sort of helped me a little bit that I didn't have to be uh, you know a native Irish speaker um, of course well it's very very impressive for someone who kind of went zero to a hundred into uh, an Irish language uh, speaking feature film very very impressive well, and just um, to give you Neve and the listeners yeah. an idea of Breege's work ethic when it comes to or when it came to working on the film I was we always all, in the pub 
Uh, we were, well, the hotel bar slash lobby, but it was a workspace. And um, we were all staying in the same hotel up in Belfast and um, probably stayed there a little longer than we expected to for COVID reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, like every night before the following day's work, Reed would, would be there either running scenes with Peter or with Claire or with myself or with Damien or with Orla, as you mentioned, who was the dialect coach. Like I literally spent hours, hours and hours and hours every evening just to make sure that she was as prepared as she could be for the following day's work. And that's not even to take into account all the work that she did pre-production that none of us were able, were there to, to see. So her, like, I just would have to applaud her uh, dedication to her craft and the complete, like I said, the, the work ethic, which was phenomenal, which we saw at first hand. Absolutely, because I think a lot of actors might even look at that and go, oh no, I couldn't, you know, or that's too scary or that's too big of a mountain to climb. So it is, it's really, really impressive. And Claire, I'd love to ask you, uh, I'd love to chat to you about your character because she's quite complex and she's got, she, she's got quite a lot of layers. And when I first saw the trailer, I definitely thought we were kind of going down the path of the postnatal depression route um, and being a new mom yourself. For the listeners who aren't lucky enough to see um, your little one on your lap like I can, um, was this an element to the the character that you kind of wanted to explore in your research, maybe like working before before your shooting? Yeah, um, I think reading the script was, was such a joy um to read about the character and because at the beginning it can feel a bit like just reading the script and like like Neve you know the the majority unfortunately of scripts that that you get if you even get to read the script is like I've auditioned for whore number two and you know that kind of crack or you're or you are somebody's wife or you're somebody's girlfriend or you're you're an appendage as opposed to a fully formed character um and that's just that's so not the case here. Even though I know that she disappears for a big chunk of the film, but it she's so present. Um, and the that beautiful um that beautiful turnaround that Ashin does with the seeing that entire scene play out um from Peter's, I suppose from Peter's perspective to some degree, and then the flip side at the other end of the film when we figure out what really was going on really appealed to me as well because it meant that when we were filming all those scenes all of that was at play um, you know and and Damien was kind enough to send both me and Peter a, a book um, before we started a, about coercive control and about that kind of relationship and how it would potentially exist or play out in somebody's life and that was really really helpful um, but but I think as well that the, uh, and all, that all goes beforehand um, but then I think and the, the beauty of what we do is that you, you do you do all that prep work and you because there's nothing else you can do, I suppose, before, but just prepare or read or you don't, I don't want, I don't ever want to like learn the lines for months in advance because I feel like then they'll lose all meaning or, um, but then after all that work that when you're there on the day that, that you've done enough work that you can throw it all away. Um, and, and really, particularly for this character and particularly for this film, she really, really needed to be so, so present in the moment because everything that's happening is so immediate and so urgent and, um, and I just like that question that you always ask yourself either as a writer or an actor, like, why are we meeting this person today instead of any other day? And the day we meet her is, is a serious day. Like, um, but it was, yeah, it was a real joy to get to play somebody, like you say, so complex and, um, and so 
well-rounded even though she's not you know present on screen as much as some of the other characters exactly and I think it was actually it was actually uh, refreshing in a way that it wasn't just that oh yeah here we have that story of you know the the the, the new mom who's struggling after and uh, and etc cetera, etc cetera. you know and it, it just kind of it got more and more layered and complex um as people are as it went on which was which was really really lovely to watch um, and Peter I'd love to chat to you then about your journey with the film so what kind of attracted you to the script and then also then in regards to the character I mean I can't imagine the easiest character to play um, and how was your kind of journey with that kind of going in and out of uh, um, out of someone like that uh, so I got the script I think uh, of the, just before lockdown and I read it the English version and obviously a really action script and I was I was blown away by it it was a script that I, I couldn't put down and also I'd never kind of uh, I'd never it was very Cohen-esque or you know to me Nordic Noir there was a lot of all the stuff that I've watched over the years everything from um, The Killing to uh, to to all the various Coen Brother films the early Coen Brother films like Blood Simple and um, and uh, well not Martin Fink but Blood Simple certainly um, so there was a, just there was just a, a, a brilliant images and great dialogue and well drawn out characters and the Leisha character was just so intriguing as well uh, for me to play opposite um, and then the Tomas character it was again it, it was an interesting one because I suppose I have played a lot of kind of thugs and stuff like that so I'm constantly trying to kind of steer away from stuff like that but you know and, and at the end of this obviously there's, there's elements of that but I think it was more interesting for me to kind of delve into someone um, and like this character it's kind of it's very kind of frightening and the book was was quite eye-opening and um quite scary at times you know um to, to think that we we live around uh, those things happening every day um but i think uh it's a character so you just kind of have to give it your intense um attention for a certain amount of time and damien's book which claire mentioned uh was very helpful um and we we spoke at length myself and damien throughout uh, trying to analyze like the script and make change the language orla was so helpful to kind of suit my irish because i'm a blow in and i don't have i <laughs> like i speak I, I speak good irish but you know that's why what brie did is just so astonishing because she had the Donegal dialect the conundrum to learn on top of the irish language which i i for any time i've ever gotten to be looking to play a part as Gaelge, they've always given me a blow in because either they think I won't do it or whatever. But you know, that commitment to Shisha was just incredible. Yes, myself and Damien spoke at length about the character and where he came from, and also the idea of this. The interesting thing was 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 the two different lives, the two the two people that we see, the person that, you know, to all intents and purposes in everyday life is, is a pillar of community, the pillar of society and as won a copious awards for all the work he's done with his investigative journalism and the TV series that he makes. So, you know, when he comes to an island like that, I think the idea was the examination of the ego and how he comes here and thinks, buys himself a house, the highest point of the island, looking down on everyone else. And the car he chooses to drive, the way he talks to the people, he doesn't enabler himself and he, he distanced himself from everyone else. Um, and I think the interesting thing was how the relationship had grown between uh, him and his wife. And now that a child had come to come on the scene, how he still didn't see her as anything else, but, you know, a part of his plan. Um, so I think it was quite interesting to play both sides. And as, as Claire spoke about that, that scene, 
was one we talked about at length. And the whole character throughout the series, throughout the film is talking to Damien about, you know, what are we doing now? Like, how are we playing him now? And so every day it was, it was a, um, it was, it was a good challenge. It was a demanding challenge to try and find which, which guy we're playing and which way we communicate with the other characters. But a lot of it was down to as well, kind of, with with Leisha character, you know, it's his arrogance and his ego and his confidence in himself that there's no way that anyone could kind of foil his plans. But once she came along, that was the really intriguing battle of, of wits between them. Absolutely. And I think you you did such a great job of like that you were talking about kind of the different shifts in his character, but also it wasn't it wasn't completely unbelievable either. You know what I mean? It wasn't kind of that like you know, it was definitely those really when you think back to it, then having being at the end of the film, you can kind of always see those kind of really um, underlying kind of traits or, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to it being just these two separate people. So it's not necessarily that he changes, I guess, as opposed to the perspective changes, which uh, which I thought was was really, really well done. Um, and Sean, your um, character is such a kind of strong gentle kind of character you kind of just feel safe when he's on screen so chat to me about um your approach to him and also then I guess as well like what was his backstory and and uh and other layers to him that you had created in your head before before playing him um well kind of like what Peter said there Peter talks about the fact that he kind of maybe gets cast as a lot of um thugs and sort of tries to steer away from that I tend to get cast as really holy characters that seems to be my thing specifically St. Patrick um, <laughs> I've played three times to date to date um uh, so it was really interesting for me and I'm very grateful to Damien um for the opportunity to play a character that certainly uh, comes across as much more troubled and potentially dangerous uh well or well dodgy anyway um and so, like, my initial involvement, well, I did a casting in, I think it was maybe Feb- February 2020. Uh, and then, I like, I didn't hear anything back. So I assumed that, you know, it had gone another way and then got word a number of months later saying, oh, that's still on. And they'd like you to play the role. And I was like, oh, great, great. Um, which is probably a bad precedent to be set for the rest of my acting career because from now on when I don't hear word back about auditions I'll just be like they probably postponed the shoot that's what's going on I actually do have the role they just they just postponed the shoot um but uh then when we actually got down to like there was a bit of time between I suppose finding out that I had the role and then going to Belfast and doing it so there were a couple of uh, zoom conversations with state with Damien which were very helpful and I suppose like the typical actor approach is to go well you know the character that I'm playing is you know there has to be a reason behind everything that is in the character. So he comes across as someone, he's described actually by Peter's character as being, you know, the stra- of all the strange people on the island, he's the, the strangest. And I was keen, I'm sure Jamie was the same, was keen to um, kind of find the reason behind that, the root of that, the way that he behaves. And uh, I think Damien offered something that he had in his mind, which was that, uh, Makdara had had a kind of a difficult enough childhood with an abusive father who maybe was abusive either to him or to his mother. So he's sort of seen that dynamic, that power relationship from a very close standpoint. And then obviously 
he has encountered Claire's character and sees the way that Peter's character carries on and it kind of doesn't take to him at all. So that would, so that kind of, um, that explains his kind of coldness towards Tomas, Peter's character, but also I think it gives a bit of a reason to the fact that he as a character is very kind of closed off. For I think the majority of the film, he's actually quite uh, standoffish and not really being 100% honest with anyone that he encounters, even, even Bridges' character, Leisha, when she comes down to question him, even though he's done nothing wrong, he is still very evasive because of what he's trying to protect by the fact that um, the Claire's character is actually staying in his house. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but then it's nice to kind of touch on what's really going on with him in that last scene. That or the, well, I suppose one of the last scenes that I have with uh, Bridges' character. So it's uh, it's like yeah, it's um, and I suppose in a somewhat similar way to what Claire mentioned, like Mathara isn't really on screen all that much, but he's mentioned in a number of scenes that he's not on screen, so he kind of feels like a bigger presence. And I think that, that that's probably. Uh, reflect well on the script because you really kind of feel like you get to know the different characters even though not all of them are on the screen the whole time and yeah so it was good great great enjoyment to get a chance to to play it really absolutely he feels really present throughout it and the same with that uh, with Claire's character as well and Damien we like we kind of obviously we've briefly chatted about it there but you know the success of language films abroad over the last while like Claire was saying mainly Korean with Parasite Minari and Squid Game and all that kind of stuff and now kind of with the surge of Irish language films it feels like we're kind of on the cusps of of, of something like what Peter was saying there's absolutely no reason why uh, we shouldn't be you know up with the top dogs um uh, quite soon and do you think that um, with the momentum behind Irish films at the moment, where do you kind of see the wave going or is there anything that needs to happen in order to kind of keep the, the momentum? Well, uh, it's very exciting to be a part of it, um, even if it is a, a small part of it. Um, I, I still think, you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done. Um, there's a lot of different genres that we could be tackling. Um, and only by doing that and trying out different um, different uh, styles of films and genres of films will we find our voice, I think. So, you know, I, I, I hear a few people saying it's the golden age of Irish language cinema. I think it's just the beginning. You know, I think in 10 years time, it'll be, you know, something completely different. And, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the films that are mentioned, say, for example, Parasite, you know, Bong Joon-ho was making films for 15 years before he got to Parasite. And I, and I hope that's the way it'll progress, that we'll, you know, we'll start to find our voices as we go along. But, you know, it's really exciting to be a part of it. And it's really exciting to have made a genre film. You know, it, you know the thing that they always say is that, you know, film should be like a mirror. It should reflect you, you know. And, and my interests are thrillers. My interests are, you know, horror. My interests are genre films. I also happen to be an Irish speaker, so I kind of want to see that reflected in the in the films that get made. So, uh, in a way, we're sort of creating a bit of a blueprint at the minute, and we'll maybe get some things wrong, you know. But but there's a there's a phrase in Irish, "derrickila hogter cashlin," which means bit by bit castles are built, um, and I, I do see that's the way it's going. Absolutely. It's very, very exciting. And Breed, I'd love to chat to you about um, Alicia for a little bit. What was it about um, that character that you really enjoyed exploring? She kind of gave me that kind of, you know, Sarah Lancaster, Happy Valley vibe, you know, that kind of um, under a really chill kind of detective, but just taking it all in, taking it all in at the time. What was it about her that uh, that you really loved exploring? 
Um, well, I, um, again, thanks to Damien, um, he also sent me a book. And it was something, again, because it's so minimal, the film, quite existential in a way, it's great to have a, the ballast of a backstory for yourself or some ideas of how that woman, Lucia, ended up as a guard, ended up on that island. And um, Damien had sent me a very interesting book, uh, a true story of a Garda, a band Garda, who had um, been treated very badly by, this is quite a few years ago, she got pregnant, be treated very badly by the, the actual institution or the guard institution. And um, so it, 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 that was a reason to some way to going to explain possibly why that woman ended up on the island, why she had retired. For, for some reason, she'd ended up there and she was happy to stay there or she wanted to stay there. Um, I just liked the idea of her um, strong character, but I'd read a book not long before that by a, a Polish writer called Olga Tarkachuk called Drive Your Ply Over the Bones of the Dead. And there's a wonderful character in there, a central character woman, who's very much her own woman, eccentric and very much, and I'm very, very drawn to that type of a character. And uh, there was a film made of that book. Um, but when I saw this script, I thought, oh, this is, you know, some way to, this will be something like that. Uh, Drive your drive your boat, your ply over the bones of the dead. Um, it's not really like it, but it's that type of a character. And uh, um, those people always appeal to me. People who are outliers or people who are just on the outside of society in some way or other, and but are not afraid. Um, so I see her as being a courageous woman, and that's always attractive um, to me. That sort of courage, and uh, also she's. Uh, um, quite at home with her solitude. And I like the idea of that as well. And um, being on an island also appeals to me and her, she seems to have embraced that solitude of the island. And, uh, um, but also her cunning, she's cunning and um, her intelligence. And her, she was, I think, initially prepared to go along with Thomas um, in some ways, but she's watching. Yeah. Uh, she's always watching and I also all of these things I love in a character the watchfulness and uh, her own being her own counsel um, she hasn't got anybody else and all of these things you know add up to being to me a very attractive character to play absolutely I think it's like because the kind of shift in you know the the decision that she kind of makes in in the end with Siobhan is it's it's quite a it's quite a big one you know to make but she kind of just seems to do it with such ease of just like no this is what the, you know this is where we're going this is what we're doing yeah. and it's it's uh it's a really really interesting uh part of that character I agree with you and I it's crucial really in the end because um you know it is the, the difficulty you set out with is the disappearance of a person on an island um it has all those sort of geographical potentials how do you how does that person disappear on an island of course there's a sea all around so that's um you know an obvious exit but um uh that idea of how she and again the book that Damien sent me really helps with this as a person who'd the, char the character in the book Damien sent me was a person who joined the Garda with the best of faith wanting to help people wanting to do good and then she hit a wall um of, uh, well, yes, you know, the, the, the um, patriarchy, that's the wall she hit. And um, so I, I quite like the idea that on that island, 
she accesses her own sense of justice. And um, I thought about this because I thought about um, uh, Singh's play, uh, um, Playboy of the Western World, and how the, that story comes from Inishman, the, you know, the middle of the Three Highlands, where it actually happened, the story that Singh used and how the man who turns up arrives from Kerry or wherever, having killed his father, um, that the islanders shelter him. And um, I was once in a production that the Druid did of um, Playboy the Western World. And I think we were the first time ever that that play was taken to Inishman and Inishmore. But in Inishman, it was the most wonderful experience of my life in theatre. It was just superb. And um, I think somebody had interviewed one of the islanders about you know what they felt about that that they'd sheltered their ancestors had sheltered this man and this person said well uh, i suppose they would have thought he'd suffered enough with his remorse and to me that was a sort of island justice and or i was intrigued by that idea that um that that and because nobody's really going to be able to find out about it and but what she felt that woman felt Alicia felt was that she had to at all costs. She believed um, Claire's character and that she had to protect her and the child. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think and um, that Claire, that scene with you and uh, and Leisha is, I think your performance is so beautiful and understated as well. And um, it's such a sad reality for a lot of women and men. And, you know, do you think it was, was it really important to you that for Siobhan's story to be dealt with in a really gentle way, but also be heard very loud? Um, yeah, I mean, like reading that book in the, obviously I, I was aware of the whole concept of coercive relationships or whatever. Um, what's, what, what was the term you used for your character, Peter and Damien? Not a narcissistic, what was it again, Peter? It was a, uh, uh well it, oh god um anyway it'll come back to the covert, covert 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 covert, covert aggressive yeah. covert aggressive yeah. um and the idea that that and like peter said the idea that that kind of relationship is playing out all around us completely unbeknownst to us and the fact that the that type of aggression that type of un constant undermining of a person um is can be so uh completely covered up and completely hidden from the rest of the world and also the idea I think I I've just really I just really related to Siobhan not because we're in a covert direct relationship but because even even getting into her mindset of that that one scene like that and the way he's so kind to her so kind in his constant just chipping away at her reality and the fact that he's removed her away from everybody so that she doesn't have anybody else to check in with about what real is. Um, so it's, it was really, really completely understaffed because I think oftentimes you can watch an abusive relationship on screen, whatever kind of abuse it is, and you can feel like that will never be me. I would never stand for that. I would never allow somebody to treat me that way. But I think when you look at Siobhan and the really undermining or, or the really unsettling thing about, about that is that could totally be me. That could be anyone, you know, because you, she fell in love with this man. She, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, you, you give them a certain amount of yourself. And then he just took that and he really, really messed with it. Like, so, yeah. So I just think that the, and the fact as well that the, the abuse itself isn't the center of the film or it isn't like, 
the point of the film and the films, you know, it's just an element of it. It's not, I don't feel like it's a film about abuse actually really. Um, it's a thriller and it's, and it's really, really like for want of, it's, it's entertaining as well as, and I think that's the thing as well, that you're not hitting your audience over the head with anything. You're just, you're telling a story and this happens to exist within it. And that's what I love about uh, great writing. And this is like from Ash and this is great writing because it's, you're not telling your audience how to think or feel. You're letting them figure it out as they go. And that's so enjoyable as an audience member not to be spoon fed. That was such a load of tangents. <laughs> it was perfect but I think also it was like exactly as you said I think it's harder to see so it's also more important to share and talk about like it's you don't you don't you really don't see relationships like that on on screen or, or tv and uh and they should be um shown and talked about more for sure um so it was correct me if I'm wrong it was premiered in Galway this summer just passed yes it was in Galway in July just last year there yeah yeah and was that the first time you all saw it or had you seen it well it it was we were online for that it was still part of the hybrid festival only only a couple of things were screened so the first time that we all sat together and watched it there was a screening here in Belfast for the Belfast Film Festival uh in the Odeon and in Belfast so that was the first time we all went out for dinner and then went to watch. I think it was the first time Peter ever watched it, which was terrifying for me and sure terrifying for him. Um, but Bad yeah. decision. Bad decision in hindsight. <laughs> I think imagine he doesn't like it. What would happen? You know, just storming out. We were getting up walking halfway through, you know. But uh, the, the, we, we sent the link to the, to the guy so that they had the opportunity to watch it if they, if they wanted beforehand. And three of the four took it up and Peter decided to, crazily wait until there were 400 people in the room and then do, do go do a Q&A directly afterwards <laughs> just trying to process it worst mistake I just got to get older Fran when you're younger because you're, you're excited with the idea of watching yourself but now when you get older you're just analyzing your performance by inch by inch so and in front of 400 people you're just like and then they're asking you questions, like, you know, <laughs> give us some concise answers. You're like, I'm just very proud. And it, it, it felt like crying. So you know? processing it yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we briefly kind of chatted about the island there. So, Damien, it was a chat to me about where it was shot. And did you come into you also? I think Sean as well mentioned COVID as well. Was there was there a beast there at some point, whether the weather on the island or COVID itself? Or what was what was the shooting process like? Um, I'm always reluctant to talk about COVID because it's not so bad. But um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we were shut down twice. Now, what I would say is no one ever got sick. We were very thankful that no one got sick, but we were stopped twice. The first time was for two weeks and then we got up and running again for one day and then we were shut down again. So we were actually shut down longer than we were up running, <laughs> uh, which was quite the ratio. We, we shot for 18 days, but we spent, I would say, a good what was it about 36 months in the hotel or something like that? Just going slowly mad. It actually was like the shining. <laughs> it was the five of us in the Stormont hotel in Belfast and Barry McGuigan randomly, the boxer. Uh, so it was just the six of us. Um, but uh, look, you know, it, it was, it's obviously very stressful. It was very tough, but you know, you got to take the positives out of it too. It gave us more opportunity to, you know, as Sean had said there earlier, you know, the guys were able to run the script with each other, get to know the, the Irish and the lines and get to run and rerun it. Um, but also it gave us an opportunity to get to know each other, which I think is very important. Um, it's maybe 
not spoken about as much, but just being able to go into a shoot day and have confidence in each other and, you know, um, that friendly relationship pays off in dividends. You know, you, you develop a shorthand and, you know, particularly for me, I have to say as a first time drama director, you know, it was, was hugely important to me that I had a core cast of four that were very supportive. Um, and that was all developed through downtime due to COVID. So if there was one positive, and there literally only was one positive, then, then that was it. You know? But no positive test results, which is good. Well, <laughs> well, I think well. that was. It was <laughs> I think that was really. You could see that though. That although being on um, an island, which is can be very isolating and quite lonely, um, you did you did get that sense that you all you know you were all aware of each other and knew each other on the island and kind of knew that that's like that with Siobhan and uh, Madara that you know they had each other even if they weren't you know calling in for cups of tea you know that kind of a relationship it was definitely um that kind of energy and uh... I, I think it pays off with the crew as well because i mean you've got a you've got a crew there you know they're not there for the money on low budget features like this they're there for the love of the project and you know you become like one big family in a way you know and there you know the, the nice thing there was no disconnect between cast and crew we were all you know everyone was just kind of getting stuck in now there was this thing where you know, us five were isolated together in the hotel, but anytime an actor, one of the guys walked into a room, some of the crew had to leave, you know, which was really, which was really embarrassing because, you know, the Every first time we walk into a room, someone would go, Red's out! <laughs> and all the crew would like have to scuttle out it's like I'm sorry and the cast would be coming the talent so is here yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. want to be in the same room as them like we, and we, we were making them leave but we yeah. were <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, what's the um, what's the journey now for uh, for Dinian? Because I know it's already been on um, TV as well, which is brilliant. And so, uh, what's the kind of journey looking for it? Well, we um, because of COVID and because it was pushed back by six months, we sort of bumped up against the uh, you know it's it's primarily funded by the Irish Language Broadcast Fund here, which is part of Northern Ireland Screen, but also two broadcasters, TG Cahar and BBC Gaelica here. Um, so we kind of bumped up against the date we'd agreed to broadcast. So, but we got a theatrical window um, and it, it did really well. It, it, it was scheduled here in Belfast, for example, in the Queen's Film Theatre, uh, which is a theatre I've grown up in. You know, I've seen hundreds of films in it. So the fact my own film was in it was such a trip, you know. But it was scheduled to be on for seven days and such was the demand that it actually ended up on for 14 days. And from what I'm told, it was like at least three quarters full every night. You know, so for an Irish language, you know, low budget film, it was great. Um, and then outside of the theatrical run, it's been, I, I was in Chicago uh, two weeks ago with it. And I just got back from Canada this morning. We were in Toronto with it. And, you know, to sit in a room with audiences, which again, we, we weren't sure we would ever, when we were filming, there was a real fear that it would never end up in a cinema, you know, due to COVID and would people be allowed to assemble again and those numbers. But it's just been such a great experience. You know, Chicago, there were so many people there for Chicago that they had to put on a spillover room. Um, That's amazing. It was great. And, you know, audiences, you know, the, the, such is the story and, you know, the, the, the quality of, of the acting in the film that a lot of people say that even though it's an Irish, they forget that within 10 minutes, you know, and they, they kind of lose themselves in the story. And when I first started hearing that, I was thinking, well, hold on a minute, that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> but at the same time, it's lovely. You know, a lot of people have been saying, look, 
you know, the first time they've ever heard Irish, the Irish language. Um, it helps to normalize it. Uh, it helps to, you know, one of the things about making TV docs that I always loved is that you, you just put the Irish language in people's front rooms, whether they wanted it there or not. You know, they turned on the TV and there was the Irish language. Heard. And it's something similar with this, you know, to bring it to Chicago and to bring it to Toronto and places that might not have otherwise be heard. You know, it's, it's just been a great experience. It's been a great experience. It's been really, really great. Oh, that's fantastic. And for any listeners who haven't seen it yet, silly, silly people who haven't seen it yet, where uh, where can they check it out or where would they keep an eye out to uh, to try and catch it? Well, they, at the minute, they can get it on the TG Cahar player. Uh, and also, uh, if they're in the north, they can get it on the iPlayer as well. So there's there's two options. There's a whole All-Ireland coverage there of, of the film. Fantastic. So the last little bit with the nature of uh, the podcast at Irish Film London, um, I like to ask my guests uh, if there has been a film in their life that's had some sort of big impact. I don't like saying favourite film because that sounds very generic, but uh, a film that might have had an impact in your life or um, and or uh, your favourite Irish film. And Breed, you can't say one that, you know, you've been in and, and Peter and, you know, like, yeah, you have to, you have to, to, to think of other ones. <laughs> Wait, did you say, sorry, that I'm not allowed to say Dinian? <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> we all know, of course, that's the one, but other, other than those, yeah. And <laughs> um, Sean, I'll start with you. What about you? Uh, it's very hard to pick a favourite film, but I suppose um, there's a film that I'll sort of never forget my response to um because i actually remember watching it and it wasn't even in cinema it was in a friend's sitting room we were watching on dvd and i remember saying wow out loud a couple of times it was eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and i just loved the i love the story of it in both in terms of like kind of the, the sort of i don't know the philosophical point of view but also the way that it was done uh, Michel Gondry likes to do lots of his kind of special effects in camera so like there was no they didn't kind of you know it wasn't CGI stuff and I really love practical effects and kind of that sort of stuff so that's something that's amazing uh, and if anyone hasn't seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind definitely go and see it go and see it find it and watch it um, in terms of Irish films there are a clatter of Irish films that get loads of attention I wouldn't say maybe this is my favourite Irish film because I don't know if I could pick one but an Irish film that I loved was a documentary called The Farthest, which was about the Voyager telescope. And it was just so well done. Uh, um, Emma Reynolds uh, uh, directed it. And it was just like a, a fascinating story. And I suppose like my background is in, I, 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 you know, I liked mathematics and science subjects when I was in secondary school and I did engineering in college. So I'm kind of very much into that sort of, you know, end of things. But it, like this documentary, they interviewed people who were involved in sending the telescope up into space that's still going and was kind of a very you know important moment for space discovery and that kind of thing um but they are we're all able to present the story in a very uh understandable way for anyone while still retaining a passion for what they had done back in the i think it was the 70s so like and it's just it's it's a beautifully made documentary and I was lucky enough to see it during the Dublin Film Festival in screen one in the Savoy which was a fucking huge screen that is sadly no longer around um, and I was about three minutes late coming into the screening so I had to sit in like the third row and uh, there were times where I felt like I was in space I was that close <laughs> to the screen <laughs> um, yeah no it's brilliant it's definitely worth seeking out and watching on the biggest screen you possibly can that's the farthest amazing brilliant and Peter what about you right this is a very hard one 
Um, I, I was actually, one film that comes to mind before I had uh, children, I used to just be able to walk into town randomly on a Wednesday or Tuesday and pick a film uh, that I didn't know anything about in the IFI and watch it. And I saw a film um, by a director called Chloe Bernard. It's uh, The Selfish Giant. Uh, it was uh, an interpretation of the um, of the uh, Oscar Wilde story, isn't it? Yeah. Can you correct me if I'm right. Yeah, Breed. Uh, and it was just an astonishing piece of film. It's about two young boys. One is uh, from a traveled community and uh, another one from a kind of broken background. Anyway, it's just, she's an incredible director and she did a film uh, recently as well called uh, Dark River um, with, um, with Ruth Wilson. And uh, anyway, that selfish, selfish giant was something that struck me for its, its beauty and its simplicity. And also the, the, the telling, the telling of a story of a difficult childhood, and it's one of those films that that rung true uh, with me. And then, uh, from an Irish uh, standpoint, I suppose one that affected me when I was younger was probably "I Went Down," which was uh, directed by Paddy Brannock and which was written by Conor McFirst. And it was uh, it's Peter McDonald and Brendan Gleeson. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is an absolute belter. It's just comedy gold. Uh, it's uh, it's a kind of a spaghetti western. Um, well, there's some uh, Tony Doyle is in it, Michael Michael There's a couple, a couple of brilliant turns that, um, and one of one of Brendan's I think first first uh, films that kind of you know put him put him out there. Um, so that was incredible. And then after that, I suppose when I, uh, Mark arose intermission as well. Uh, you know that that was that was quite a astonishing film at the time. I think that there's humor and uh, drama and darkness in, in both of them. So, so they're my choices. Brilliant. My list is just getting longer and longer and longer. This is great. Uh, Damien, what about you? Uh, in terms of films, I'm going to be really obvious and say Jaws, but simply because it was the first time, you know, as a kid realising that there was a director, that there was someone sort of manipulating how you felt and you could sort of feel how it was put together and the shark and the music and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and also, I still, you know, you still get something new from it every time. Um, and being a child of Amblin as well, all the Spielberg stuff, you know, I, I love all that. Um, and then for Irish films, I'm going to give a shout out to one that's in the cinema at the minute, if that's all right, called Young Plato, uh, about, it's a documentary about uh, Holy Cross Boys School uh, and about a headmaster there who's teaching the kids philosophy. And uh, it, it's on wide release at the minute. And I just sat crying the whole way through it. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, and uh, it's just a beautiful bit of work. Yasin um, Ikenin and uh, Declan McGrath's documentary. Brilliant. I'm definitely going to check that out. Peter, did you want to say something there? No, No, I, I, I heard that, that teacher being interviewed on the radio recently. So I'm delighted to hear that that's in the cinema. Yeah, he's an inspirational uh, teacher. Yeah. What's, his, oh, what, what's the teacher's name again? Oh, Kevin Mac. Oh, jeepers, you've put me on yeah. spot. I, I can't anyway, remember. But anyway. he's incredible. He's a real uh, charismatic character. But in a way, it's not really... It's When you're into it, it's not really about the philosophy. It's about how the kids respond and you know, it kind of, it pushes them to think about, you know, their actions and things like that. And just the responses you get out of it, just, it's an incredible bit of work, really beautiful bit of work. Oh, brilliant. Well then, speaking about inspirational teachers, Claire, uh, what about you? What are, uh, what are yours? Um, uh, well, Peter Rob mine, my favourite Irish film is Intermission. Um, and I think it was the first, it was probably the first time I ever went to the cinema and thought that I could be, in movies if you know like that that like 
not that I'm Colin Farrell or anything, but you know, you see, you see actors like who, who just sound like you is, is, is revolutionary for, you know, for a young person to go to and be like, oh, it's not just American people who get to make movies. Like we, we get to make movies and they get to be really good. And like, and, and I get to recognize places and recognize voices and recognize humor in a way that feels like it was made specifically for me mm. in a way that I don't think I'd ever felt before in a cinema. Um, and Mark, I, I just adore Mark's writing both for stage and screen. I think he's a genius. Um, and my, and my favorite movie of all time is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, classic. Um, uh, because it's pure joy and it also, and it is that thing that I love in, in all writing that it's a, it's, a, it's a simple story beautifully told. And the best thing about it is the fact that Michael Caine gives what I think should have been an Oscar winning performance alongside a load of Muppets. Yeah. And, and not once has he ever, you know, he's 100% dedicated to It's that. very impressive. It's really, really impressive. And you, you, you do, you get completely lost in it. Your first two minutes, you're just, you're in it. It's yeah. so, so great. Gorgeous. And Breed, what about you finally? What are your two? Uh, well, like Damien, I spent a long time in the QFT at um, Queen's when I was studying there and was one of the few remaining cinemas left in Belfast at the time um, when so many others had been bombed and were no longer in existence. And it was a wonderful escape to go to see stuff. And I saw so many different types of films. But um, I suppose one of the films that's really stayed with me is Quatre Sans Coups, Truffaut's um, 400 Blows. Uh, I just find it perfect as a film. And, um, uh, and you know, that whole thing started my love of French cinema in particular, but I, I'd also seen some amazing stuff when I was a student at Queen's, including Andrei Rublev, Tarkovsky, all of these things were amounted to, you know, being very influential. Um, I'm, I know you're not allowed to say these things, but if, <laughs> about a film that you're, in, but Irish film wise. Um, I was in a film years ago in Ireland. And as far as I know, that was the first all Ireland funded film, Irish crew, all Irish actors. And it was made in Roscommon for on a very small budget, shot by um, Thaddeus O'Sullivan and directed by Pat Murphy. And it was a feminist film. And of that, I'm incredibly proud that way back then, that Pat was making feminist films. And so I'm gonna have to say that that is my, for all those reasons. And what was the name of it? Devlin. <laughs> Devlin. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That is brilliant. That's so great. But like, I'd just like to say thank you so much for all of you to come on, um, extended family included. Um, I really, really appreciate you all taking the time to come on and chat to me. And we wish you all the best with all of your future successes. And we hope to have you on again very, very soon. And at Irish Film London, hopefully we will see you all very soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And that's it for this week's interview. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you to Culture Ireland and the Irish Emigrant Support Programme. Myself and Jerry will be back in a fortnight with a brand new interview. See you then.